middle of the U.S. and therefore the middle of the world. This is Michael Allen with Jared Hawk. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Jay Hawk. And this is Half the Battle. I'm going to lay out the mission of the show here for you first. This podcast is a discussion of sports from a Midwest standpoint. I'm a lifelong Packers fan. Jared is a lifelong Vikings fan. So that makes things interesting. Uh, we talk Packers and Vikings to close out the show strong. To begin, we'll discuss headlines from the four major sports for the week ending March 29th, 2014. Thanks for listening and telling a friend about this podcast. If you want to follow us more closely, you can find us on Twitter at, at @halfthebattlepc and send us email at halfthebattlepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this show is also available on iTunes. You can subscribe to the show. It's free to download to your computer, iPod, iPhone, or iPad through the iTunes store. And we also have a Facebook site. You can follow the show and like us on Facebook. Just search for Half the Battle Podcast. Now that we have the business stuff out of the way, let's uh, dig right into the the tournament. So we, I know we talked about it last week and who we liked going in. Did you see can- the Kansas thing coming? Uh, no, I, I, can't, I can't say I did. I didn't either. I mean, I... They, they lost to uh, Stanford, correct? Yeah, and I mean, I have been discussing that, you know, Duke is a choke artist when it comes to the tournament. But Kansas is always right in there too. They always had been when when Roy Williams was there, and they they had kind of gotten away from that image with Bill Self when he took over. But I mean, it was I, I don't know what else you call it besides a choke job. I mean they I mean it was it was a good team they played, but they're all good at this point. When you get down to when you get down to and and that was in the second round or yeah. you know the round of thirty two. But I mean. You know, they got beat by Stanford, and then Stanford turned around and got beat by Dayton. But, it, I mean, Dayton's beaten everybody. Yeah, so. definitely the surprise of the tournament. First uh, double-digit seed to make it to the Elite Eight since VCU a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but going back to Kansas, I think they have a big excuse in not having their big guy Embiid there. Oh, I think so. I think so. I mean, that'll buy, that'll buy uh, Bill Self some more time. I, I don't think he's on the hot seat by any means. But, no, not at all. Not, um, not being a, a second seed no, in the tournament. No, I mean, he. they had a good year, and really, as rough as they started out the year, um, I, I know they were kind of having growing pains there with Wiggins and stuff, even though they got Wiggins. Um, I, I know it was kind of a tough start to the year for him. So. Well, that's just young guys getting yeah. to know each other. Yep, yep. Um so we've got in Florida's bracket, we have Florida playing Dayton and then Michigan State playing Connecticut. So, yeah. I mean, I guess we can go back and talk about those games a little bit. Uh, Florida ended up beating UCLA 79-68. It wasn't a game the week before against uh, Pittsburgh at 61-45, but um, the UCLA game looked like it was a little more of a challenge. I mean, they they a lot of the headlines read that they – you know, outlasted the Bruins and, you know, kind of out, outworked them in that game. I, I didn't catch any of it. Did you happen to? Unfortunately, I didn't get to see this game either. This was one of the late-night games. Yeah, yeah, in the Midwest, those games don't really work. It's nice when you it's go to, tough. like, Vegas because, you know, yeah, like, all the games are, yeah. are final at, like, 9 o'clock. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah, exactly. But but here, we don't really have that luxury. Yeah, it's, so. it's tough to watch those games when they start at 9. Yep, yep. Uh, and then Michigan State just barely beat Virginia last night, 61-59. to It sounded like a great game. That was, again, one that I didn't watch. I Honestly, I just don't watch that much Michigan State um, basketball. I mean, I have them going pretty far, but I 
that's just based on my faith in Tom Izzo as a coach. I, I really don't know that much about um, Michigan State. I know Iowa Iowa State um, got beat out by Connecticut. That was kind of that was a surprise to me. Eighty-one seventy-six. Connecticut got really no hype going into this tournament. Connecticut, I mean, really, yeah, exactly. They've been kind of a surprise. I know you mentioned Dayton, and obviously they're surprised at an eleven seed. But UConn, I mean, yeah, if if you told me Calhoun was still coaching them and they still had Amaka Okafor or Kemba Walker or some of those guys, yeah, yeah absolutely. But. I mean, this cast of characters, I mean, besides that Shabazz Napier, yeah. I don't really know. I couldn't name you another player on that roster, and they've, you know, they're in the Elite Eight. You know, they're, yeah. they're a force. Um, but then again, I mean, there was that year when they played, um, when, they, when they got to the national championship against uh, Butler, and I don't think anybody had them going anywhere that year. I mean, they were a higher seed than a seven, but I... I, um, you know, Connecticut is one of those teams that they're a lot like the team they're going to face in Michigan State. I mean, they just kind of, they can sneak up on you sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, Connecticut more so. I mean, Michigan State's got Tom Izzo, so they're never really under the radar. Yeah. But nobody expects, you know, Michigan State to just blow every team out and go the distance no. any year, yet you can never count them out in any no. game. No, and I mean... I'm sure, just by the looks of the score here, 61-59, I mean, I'm sure that was a defensive struggle between those two teams. I know Virginia can play defense very well. Yeah, I mean, that's really what any Big Ten school is known for, and that's what Virginia is definitely known for is strong defense. So uh, I didn't get to see much of this game either, but chances are it was a hard-fought defensive battle. I know Michigan State was down early. That's about all I know. I, I think they were down early in the second half, and, and I don't know how they wound up coming back to win that game. I I just, I honestly didn't watch. Um, on the other side of the bracket, Kentucky played Louisville and won 74-69 as an 8 seed. So, I mean, you have Dayton at an 11, but other than that, Kentucky is the lowest seed at an 8, which um, they beat out, you know, Wichita State, who I was, you know, praising up and down last week on the podcast. You thought they would lose to Kentucky. And really, I mean, I think Wichita State kind of got hosed on their on their bracket. I mean, the the seat. Oh, they to, really did. I yeah. mean, I mean, they got a laugh when they see who other guys played in their first two games compared to their first two games. I mean, you know, Cal Poly. Okay, I'll give you that one. But you play Kentucky in the second round, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a pretty tough draw for a one seed. Yeah, they would have had to go Kentucky, Louisville, um, Michigan, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then whoever comes out of the other um, bracket in the Final Four. I mean, they had a really, really tough, you know, uh, uh, track to get to yeah. the, you know, the championship game. It, it's, it's a tough hustle. Yeah. It's a tough hustle. But, um Nevertheless, you know, Cal Perry, I'm not a big fan of him, but he's got his guys playing well at the right time, and that's yeah, really exactly. all you can expect out of your basketball coach. I, I mean, mean, they really struggled early on in the year, and, I mean, they're just clicking when it matters. I mean, the thing that annoys me about him is the same thing that annoys a lot of people about him. It's it's not the winning. Like, success I have no problem with. The, the thing that annoys me about him is he goes after these one-and-dones, and then early in the year when they struggle – 
that's his go-to excuse. Well, we're so young. Well, then don't go after the one and done. Yeah, if, exactly. If, if you're going to use that as an excuse, then maybe go after a guy that's going to stay there more than a year. Exactly. You know, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that drives me nuts about him. But as a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know him personally. I don't know much about him beyond his record on the court. But mm-hmm. that's that's just kind of the thing that annoys me about him is he's really quick to throw that card out of, well, we got a lot of one and done guys, a lot of young guys. So, uh, and then on the other side of the bracket, Michigan ended uh, Tennessee's run as an 11 seed last night, 73 to 71. So again, a close game. Um, two points <laughs> determines the outcome. So I mean, that's uh, that should be an interesting game, I think, between Kentucky and Michigan. I mean, both teams run quite a bit, yep. and uh, it sh- it should be pretty up and down the floor type of game. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it looks like Michigan was up by 11 at the half over uh, Tennessee, and I mean, they made a pretty decent run to make it a close game like that, and I mean, they've been a surprise mm-hmm. all tournament, just like Dayton. Yep. I mean, good for them for making it this far and making that a close game. Yep, absolutely. And then the last bracket, Arizona's bracket, um, it's all chalk. Arizona and, and Wisconsin are going to meet up one versus two in the Elite Eight. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Wisconsin handled Baylor by 17 points, um, 69-52, and Arizona took care of San Diego State, which was a tough out, by the way. I mean, San Diego State, they were they were a pretty good team. You know, they, I'm, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that uh, Wichita State would have loved their, to play their first two games against Oklahoma and ND State, but, yeah. I mean, they, you know, you can only beat the teams that they put in front of you, and then they couldn't they couldn't do it against Arizona. So Arizona winds up going on uh, to play Wisconsin, who, I mean, Wisconsin is just notorious for choking in the in the in the conference in the conference tournament and the and the uh, NCAA tournament, and they really. They've stepped it up this year. They're in the Elite Eight. They look like a really good team, and I would not be shocked at all if they won it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, as a Packer fan, of course, I saw Rodgers was in the locker room. I thought that was pretty cool. He was at the he was at the game against Baylor, and he came into the locker room after the game. Which I mean, even even if you don't like the Packers, which I know you don't, it, it's still got to be pretty cool to have an all-pro quarterback, <laughs> you know, come watch the game, support support your school. I mean, yeah, he's definitely. from California, you know, but he yep. plays he plays ball. He makes his money in Wisconsin. I get it. He should support it. But at the same time, a lot of guys don't. So, I mean, it's not something you'd see like Jay Cutler do if Illinois made the tournament. Or no, something, not you not know, either. yeah. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Um, so basically I just kind of wanted to get our takes. I mean, my bracket – is not as good as your bracket. I'm at 530 points, and I don't, I, I have no idea how many I could possibly get because I had Creighton winning it all. They lost, obviously. Um, yeah. I have Florida in the championship to play Creighton, so if if they keep winning, I got a shot at getting a few more points. And I had Michigan State in the Final Four, but I had Wichita State and Creighton in the Final Four, and the winner coming out of there. So I have nobody on that side of the bracket correct in the elite eight i did have florida i had michigan state but iowa state losing to connecticut last night and uh syracuse losing a couple (laughs) a 
couple of rounds ago really kind of torched my well, my all, elite eight. In all fairness, I had Louisville winning it all. So yeah, I mean it's not like yeah. I have a chance at yeah. You know, yeah, the, you're the, not going to win the billion or anything. Prize, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, you know it's fun every year to do it just to see what you know about it. I mean, I find believe it or not, I mean I have two out of the four in the in the final four still alive. That's as sad as it is, that's better than I used to do when I watched college basketball day in, day out, you know. But that is sad. Yeah, I feel like it I feel like the thing about it is my Duke bias just always killed me when I was when I would watch it when I was younger. I'd always think that they had Even a shot. Always, you know, yeah. yeah. And they never did. Yep. So classic. Yep. Um but anyway, I mean what uh what do you think between Florida and Dayton? I mean I think, Do you think the Cinderella story ends? It's, it's coming to an end. I mean, I think Dayton's been playing way above what they were expected to, you know, do in this tournament. And I think Florida, you know, takes it to them pretty handily. There's been a lot of talk about who's this year's Andy Enfield. I think he was the Florida Gulf coach, coast last, coast coach last yeah. year. And, um, there's a lot of talk that the Dayton coach is going to be that guy this year. You know, I mean, his squad's made the Elite Eight. They weren't, you know, they're an 11th seed. I don't, I don't really know. I don't have a beat on it. I don't, I don't pretend to know who's I, going to be I a don't big either, coach. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he got a a really, really good offer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marquette is hiring. Yep. Uh, Buzz Buzz Williams, I think it is. He went to Virginia Tech yeah. to coach, which a lot of people were scratching their heads. To me, that's not that that's not that weird of a thing. The Big East has kind of fallen apart. They're falling apart. Yeah, um, he apparently he had some falling out with administrators there at Marquette, and he's going to Virginia Tech, where yeah, it's a football school, but it's not a football school like it was when Vic was there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's something where if you can turn that program around, get a few good recruits. I mean, everybody's a contender now, man, because everybody has these one and done players. Mm-hmm. Like they're all, you know, the, the rosters are rebuilt every year. So I I feel like you don't have the the dynasties that you had, you know, like John Wooden or you know those types of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Marquette's record was this year, but I know it wasn't good as yeah. they're not in the tournament at all. I mean, neither is Virginia Tech, but. I mean, it's not like Marquette's a three-seed or something and he's going to a team that didn't make the tournament. I mean, to me, these two teams are on the same, yeah. you know, level. And you're, in, and you're you going know. from the new Big East, which is not the old Big East, yeah. to the ACC, which is kind of turning into what the Big East was. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they have Syracuse now. And, yeah, they're growing. You know, they're they're yeah, becoming better. They're a thriving uh, conference. So, to me, it, it was kind of a no-brainer, but a lot of people were surprised by the move. Mm-hmm. So. And if you're that Dayton coach, do you go to Marquette? Because I, you know, I don't know if I do. Well, now that I've talked it down, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, he's at he's at Dayton right now. I, I don't know how sexy that job is compared to a job in the Big East. Even even though it's not the same Big East, it's a, it's a watered-down Big East. Yeah. I still feel like there's going to be some some more notoriety with a mar- a name like Marquette than there would be with Dayton, but not much. But just because of the fact that, you know, Marquette has had some tournament runs. They have some famous alum. I mean, Dwayne Wade went there. Yep. I mean, they, you know, they have some big-name players. I couldn't name you an NBA player from Dayton. No, I mean, I, you're you know, right. You're right. So 
I, I guess there's a little bit there to offer, but um, it's a rough it's a rough school. I know that. My buddy from Milwaukee, I mean, he said that they're always hiring security on, on that yeah. school. They, they don't last long. It's mm-hmm. it's on par with East Lansing. So, it's, I mean, it's yeah. that's rough. So, I, you know, I don't know how prevalent that is in the Big East, though. I don't, I don't know that it would be any better if you went to Syracuse or, you know, some of those schools. I think, I think on the East Coast especially, there's, there's a chance at more crime, but there's a chance at crime anywhere, anywhere you go, you know? So I don't really know that that's going to affect his decision. I mean, Dayton is actually, I mean, there's parts of Ohio that really aren't, aren't that glamorous of a place either. I mean, there's yeah. crime everywhere. So, you know, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he does. And I don't even know if, you know, I mean, I think they signed him to an extension through like 2019 oh, or oh, something. It doesn't but, matter. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. This is all speculation. Yep. But, um, I do just want to point out that three big 10 schools are still in the elite eight, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Well, especially just because, Everybody was pumping up the Big 12 yeah. and talking about the ACC and how strong they were. And you've got an SEC school in Florida and Kentucky. You got two SEC. You got a Pac-10 or Pac-12 school in Arizona. Uh, you got a Big East in Connecticut. They're still Big I think, East, I right? I think they moved to the A10, but I'm not oh, sure did they? on that. Okay, all right. And then you got then you got three Big Ten schools in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's a great point, just because. The the Big Ten seems to carry a lot of water all year for just beating each other up and yeah. it's just you know yeah they it's it's just really a top heavy conference and they just you know everybody plays to the middle and it's a dumpster fire and really it's not I mean at the end of the day those a lot of those schools are still standing in the elite eight so. yeah and it seems to happen every year yeah yeah well I I I believe I said that earlier that. You always have at least one Big Ten school yeah. in the Final Four. Yeah, I remember. I that. mean, there's there's almost always at least one in the Final Four, and usually it's Michigan State because mm-hmm. Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo. So I think Michigan was there last year. I think yeah. Well, they were in the they were in the championship. Yeah. Um, I think Michigan actually has a pretty good chance of winning that game against Kentucky. I think Kentucky could win it, but I I think I think I'd give Michigan a fighting chance. In I that think game. these are all going to be really good games. I think. Um, I mean, everybody loves to cheer for the underdog, but I think Florida has the best chance and are the most likely to to blow a team out. I think so too. Out. Well, I think yeah, the I mean, they're going to be really close. Just just by virtue of playing the 11 seed, I think they have a pretty good chance of blowing them out, yeah, even I though mean, they've been playing way better than an 11 seed has been playing. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, it's, it's it's nothing. It, it's not some crazy speculation or anything. No, no. I think I think they're. I think I think you're right. I think they have a good chance of of blowing them out, but they could also come into it overlooking them too. But I I don't think they will just given the Giants that Dayton has slayed along the way. Mm. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's Florida's game either. I don't think they overlook teams. I no. mean, they haven't lost since December. No, I mean they're they're hot, and Billy Donovan deserves a lot of credit as yeah, a definitely. coach. I mean he's he's good. Uh, the Michigan State Connecticut game. I don't see Michigan State losing that game. I I just don't. I don't know what it is. I I don't know if I've got a man crush on Tom Izzo or what it is, but I I really think they're gonna go a long ways, man. I I think it's gonna. They're really. I said I said that there were some teams that were hard out. I I think Michigan State's gonna be a hard out, man. I, I think really so too. Good. I mean, they're always a strong team. I I I mean, I'd pick them if I had to just choose it. Yep. 
but I mean, I think it'll be a close game. Connecticut's yeah. a surprise this year. I mean, who knows? Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. And Michigan State, unlike Florida, they are a team that can overlook opponents. Yeah. That's what they did this year to get in trouble in the rankings and, and with injuries and stuff. But they've got guys healthy. That's what makes me confident in picking them. But I, I don't know what they'll – I don't know what will end up. And then on the other side, we've got Arizona and Wisconsin. Um, again, this is a coin flip game. It's a one versus a two. Um Wisconsin's what, what are your playing thoughts? out of their minds. I mean, I'd pick Wisconsin all day. I think so, too. I mean, I, I think it, it's it's probably Midwest bias for me, but I just, I don't, I've never been that impressed with Arizona. No, I haven't either. Not, I mean, not even when they were, you know, the number one team in the nation. I, I was never big on Arizona. I don't think they play as tough of a schedule being in the Pac-12 as Wisconsin does all year. Just, uh, you know. Grinding. Yeah. All, all they do is grind. In these Big Ten games, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Wisconsin shows that they're the better team. I think so too. Uh, and then we got Kentucky and Michigan. Again, this one, I said, I think it can go either way. I think, I think Michigan can pull it out, but it's probably just for my, you know, vitriol against uh, Calipari. I, I don't, I don't care for him, but I, I really do think Michigan's a talented team too. I do too. They're, yeah. they're a good two C too. I mean, I. I, I was on record saying that I think they have a chance of going all the way. Yep. In a couple of my brackets, I have them in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that they beat Kentucky here. I think Kentucky's Cinderella story, if you will, is over yeah. as well. As Cinderella as you can get yeah, for exactly. having that blue blood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page when it comes to the tournament. Yeah, yeah. and uh, just so everybody's aware, we have three Big Ten teams in the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... It, this is broadcast maybe, from the middle of the country. Yeah, maybe bias. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, as far as as far as other news, I did want to. If we're off of college basketball I'm, now, I'm done. I'm all done. right. I did want to talk a little bit of NBA, um, just because there's a, a an impact story on on you know a local level here with the Kevin Love talk. I I put it on our Facebook page. Uh, it was either early this morning or late last night that this story broke about the Lakers potentially trading their first-round pick this year, which will be a lottery pick. It'll be a lottery pick, but if it's traded to the Timberwolves before the lottery, it's going to be a, a four or something. If, <laughs> if, the Lakers, if the Lakers keep it and trade it after the lottery, yeah. it'll be a one or a two. Yeah, so, so, you want, so you want the balls to be drawn first. Before... I, just, I want the trade to happen during the draft. Okay, okay. So there's talk of moving what is, I think no one would argue this, the biggest piece of the Timberwolves franchise. Since Kevin Love. Since Kevin Garnett. The new Kevin, Kevin Love. um, And easily, in my opinion, one of the top ten players in the NBA. I think so, too. I mean, I, you know, I, I look at the... I look at the numbers as far as, you know. And he just got a triple double last night. He's the best player on his team. They've never made the playoffs. But at the same time, his supporting cast has been abysmal at Atrocious. best. Atrocious. I mean, abysmal at best. If if this was a LeBron James, I mean, he'd have left town the first time his contract was up. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it, he doesn't even have a Zadrunas Elgowskis <laughs> to, to complement his game. I mean, yep. there is... There is nobody on that roster. I mean, Ricky Rubio, yeah, if 
his knees aren't giving out and he's not kicking a chair on his way out of the well, stadium. Well, Ricky Rubio is a great passer and a great playmaker, but at the same time, he... He's not yeah, a volume shooter, not no, a volume scorer. I, I don't know about lately, but earlier in the year, he was on track to shoot the worst shooting percentage of all time of, you know, consistent starters. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not a great shooter. It's ugly, um, and that's one of the reasons... Why the Timberwolves are looking up at the rest of their division pretty much, uh, 36 and 35. I mean, they are over 500, but it, it's going to take some help to get them into the playoffs. Yeah, I the, just don't see it. They're on the outside looking in, and it, I mean, the way they're playing, they, they had a bit, a big win against the Lakers last night, but that's no surprise. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way they're playing otherwise, I, it, it kind of seems to me like they've given up on this season. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I just I kind of wonder, you know, if Kevin Love could, if he would walk those comments back that he made to GQ about the, you know, about staying with the Wolves and all that. But if it's an organization decision, I don't really feel like that's on him. You know, it's not like he's walking away. If yeah. if the Timberwolves decide to trade, if they can get a you know a lottery pick, top yeah, that's top best, two pick. That's best case scenario for the Wolves and Kevin Love. Yeah. Yeah, to I, trade them away for a, a top three or four pick. Does that make the Lakers a contender? No, no not yet. They're not there. Not yet. Um, I mean, they're better yeah. if Kobe comes back and can play like late two I thousands mean, Kobe, and not even not even play like Kobe prime, like early two thousands. Yeah, I mean, even if he has a little drop off in in play. If they have uh, Gasol at the center, Kevin Love, and Kobe, and, I mean, who knows? if Le- Maybe LeBron goes there. They don't have the cap space for that, obviously. But I just kind of wonder, though, if, if it's one of those like NBA 2K things where you, you pitch him, hey, we have Love, we have Kobe, we have Gasol. Like, you know, we have the pedigree to go for a title run, like, you know what do you what do you say? Yeah, you know we we join forces. Yeah, I mean, I mean the endorsements making, that the guy makes. Yeah, he's not. But how many more contracts is he going to have? I mean, like that's that's the thing is I I guess if he works it in there that you know hey when Kobe's gone I have the keys to the kingdom and I get paid Kobe money for the rest of my life you know for my the rest of my useful life as a player you know and there's maybe some ownership options or something but you're going to have to put a lot on the table to, to lure LeBron out there, I think. And, I, I mean, so that's, that's of course, under the assumption that he leaves. And I think he will. I, I don't do think too. there's anything for him to stay there for. Yeah, I mean, that team's getting old. Old. In, in Miami. And they're really – they're not as fun to watch as they were two or three years no, ago. No, without LeBron, that team probably wouldn't make the playoffs. No, they're not They're not, They're not. not that good. Um, I – I caught a little bit of the Pacers Heat game on Wednesday, and I know I know it was billed to be a big game, but it was boring, man. It was a slugfest, and there mm-hmm. were a lot of you know fouls and a lot of rough play and stuff. I I really didn't think it was that exciting. I mean, I think Indiana wound up squeaking it out. Yeah, but, they won. But it to me, it just it wasn't the brand of basketball that I was hoping to see. Like I, I like up and down the floor and and a lot of like crazy highlights, but mm-hmm. it really wasn't a lot of it. It reminded me a lot of, like, Georgetown Syracuse in the Big East title game. Like it's that Which a lot of people love, ball. by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's East Coast ball. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it does have a mass market appeal out there. 
but I guess I'm more of the West Coast, you know, scoring in the low 100s. Big transition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like to see that kind of stuff. I like the Lob the City stuff with, stuff, yeah. yeah, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. And, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, just piggybacking off of you, I, I do think LeBron leaves. And, I you know, I think he's made some comments to – uh, reporters throughout the season kind of hinting that that's... Foreshadowing. Yeah, that that's the route he's going to take. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy Matt at lunch, and he is LeBron-obsessed. I mean, he knows the ins and outs of LeBron James, like, like to almost Jason Windhorst level, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And he um, he didn't really say either way. He He's not 100% confident that LeBron will leave. For whatever that's worth, I mean, he thinks that he thinks that there's a chance he could, you know, he could stick around. But I just I asked him like, what what makes you think that, you know? And he's like, well, if if Wade comes back and they you know they play well and they and they get another ring or they make a deep run in the playoffs, he thinks that you know Pat Riley could you know finagle something around to to lure him to stay, but I just, I don't know. I mean, Bosch has to take one heck of a pay cut. Yeah, and here's what happened four years ago when all this came together is they had three big-name guys willing to each cut their paychecks and take a, a salary similar to one another to all come together and have a chance at winning some championships. What are the chances that happens again for LeBron? Yeah. Um and I mean, Dwayne Wade, he's he's getting old, and he's been hurt for a couple of years now. Yeah, like not just parts of the season, like full years. It seems yeah. like he's been hurt. I, I think the rest is getting to him too. They were talking about this on sports radio this week, like that it's weighing on LeBron's game, like yeah. that he has to pick up the slack for you know Wade sitting out games or sitting on a sideline for most of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got to be. It's it's got to draining. It's got to be draining on you. Yeah, absolutely. So no, I'm with you. I think he I think he heads out. Yeah, makes uh, his way to the West Coast. I was just trying to, uh, you know, I think that's the best thing for the NBA. I don't know. That's the best thing for LeBron too. To, yeah, and just to play with Kobe, and I know Kobe would be for it because he's all about chasing Jordan's ring number. Yeah. Yeah, which he's one away from um, yep, tying. Yep. So yeah. Yep. So I mean, that's really best case scenario for all parties. I mean, mm-hmm. on the off chance they get Kevin Love, I mean, him and LeBron play the same position, but LeBron can really play any position out there and be effective. So he can move to a small forward. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, LeBron is twenty nine. He turns he turns thirty this December. So, How long I mean, do you think he can play the way he's playing? Like those knees are going to give out eventually at this pace. That's that's what I would think, but to me, he almost seems like the kind of player that is that is like an AP type build. I, I was just gonna like, I was just gonna bring that up. He's like very his, similar. Like his play style is I reckless, yeah. wild. Yep. You know, but. I just feel like if they ever had to open his knees up, which the NBA better hope and pray they never have to do that because he's, you know, he's the NBA right now. Yes. But but if they ever have to open his knees up, I think it's going to be just like Adrian Peterson's knees. Like they're they're going to be like in, in incredible shape and I mean, I I just I don't see anything about him that that makes me think the guy's not He's a pretty physical in, specimen. Yeah. Right yeah, in in peak form, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see what uh, 
we'll see what transpires. I'm sure there'll be an ESPN special about the decision 2.0 and, I, mean, I don't think they do that again. I think they got I, a lot of backlash on yeah, that the first time. I, 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 I don't hope think so. They do. I hope that was that was a slap in the face. I feel yeah, like. I hope. I hope that was ridiculous. That, I hope that's over. But I don't know. I um. I, I it, it all comes down to, you know what what the Heat do. I think in the playoffs this year too. I think I think they got to they'd have to make a pretty deep run to be able to make any kind of play to, to try to keep LeBron. And I don't, I don't think he's going to take a pay cut to stay there. I think he'd take a pay cut to go somewhere where there's, where there's a, a team around him. You know, I just, regardless of the run they make, even if they win a title in Miami, I just think LeBron is intelligent enough to know that that's going to be the last time. Yeah. I, just I, I just don't see a scenario where they four-peat, uh, you know, assuming they win this year, which I don't assume at all. I don't either. But no. on the off chance they win, I just there's really no scenario where they could four-peat. No. No. So, yeah. I, I think he leaves. I think Lakers are the best option for him and the NBA, so I'm sure they'll have a part in that since everything else is rigged. Right, right. I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, it, although they did put their foot down, well, Stern's not here anymore, never mind. They did put the foot down on the Chris Paul trade to L.A. Which was a lot better they, than the trade that actually went through, but... They wound up getting Steve Nash. It's not like L.A. didn't get anybody out of it. I they mean, had, They had Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. Yeah, I mean... But the reason they put down the, 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 they put the foot down on that is New Orleans, who the NBA owned at the time, was getting more um, with the uh, Clippers trade for Chris Paul then the Lakers were going to give up. Yeah. Um, not that there was, it was an unfair trade, but, I mean, the NBA needed to sell that franchise, and um, they were getting the most, uh, like, current, uh, I, I guess, price. Yeah. Um, rather than a couple of guys who were coming up and could be good one day. Okay. You know, with the Lakers, if that all makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I was going to comment. I was looking at the... I was looking at the league, and you can make arguments about, you know, who's in the Southwest and who's in the Pacific and stuff like that. But as far as drawing a line down the middle of the country, they do a pretty good job on yeah, who's in the East and who's in the West. Like, if you were to realign the the East versus West, and the only reason I was thinking about this was what we had just talked about, the fact that um, we were talking about earlier, I guess, that the Blazers are 47 and 27, and they might be on the outside looking in mm-hmm. at the playoffs. Um, so you look at, you know, some of these teams that are 40 games below 500 on the East and wonder, you know, w- what kind of retooling you could do. But I oh, really yeah. don't think there is that much. I mean, there's not really, there's not really an argument besides the, the Grizzlies were the only one that didn't make sense, but that was purely because they went from uh, Vancouver to Tennessee yep. before it was aligned. Yeah, so. no, exactly. And, uh, I mean, New Orleans, they're, I would say they're more on the east than on the west. Yeah. But, I mean, they're kind of right there with Tennessee. I, I guess, yeah. Or Memphis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if... But, but aside from those two teams, yeah. yeah, they do a really good job at, you know, drawing the line right down the middle. Yeah. And I think the way that the two conferences play against each other is very, very different, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah. West is a lot of transition, you know, fast pace, and the East is a lot of grinding it out. Yep, yep. And the East, I feel like, 
just gets amplified more just due to the due to the time difference. Yeah. I mean, more people can watch those games. You, you'd have to start a game at five o'clock on the West Coast for people to be able to watch it. You know, on a school night. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. Whatever. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's really that's really about all I had for NBA news. Um, I did have a few baseball things, but I know you, you wanted mind. to talk hockey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have a couple of college hockey um, things here. Um, so college hockey does a tournament similar to the basketball tournament. Um, it's just basically there, there's less teams. There's 16 teams, so it's basically like the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Um, just starting out from there. And uh, the Gophers were the number one overall seed, and they played tonight. I'm actually going to that game, oh, which nice. is going to be sweet. Yep. Nice. I also see uh, they play um, Robert Morris, I believe. Um, also, I'll be going to Notre Dame versus St. Cloud State. Should be another good game. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, a couple of games happened last night. I don't know how many uh, listeners are big fan of college hockey. But uh, Union, who was number one seed, they beat Vermont 5-2 yesterday. Uh, Ferris State beat Colgate 1-0. North Dakota beat Wisconsin 5-2. And this was a surprise to me because I thought Wisconsin was going to be uh, the Gophers' biggest challenge to get by, and they lost sure. first round. Yeah. Um, they're they're traditionally good at hockey, right? I mean, Wisconsin. North, Wisconsin's, they're, they're always right there with the Gophers. North Dakota has always been you know, on par with Gophers. Like, they've always been usually the top teams in the nation or one of the – or two of the top teams in the nation. So, sure. I mean, it's not really a huge surprise, but with yep. the realignment of conferences, uh, North Dakota didn't really get a ton of uh, high-level competition like Wisconsin did mm-hmm. um, in the Big Ten. So mm-hmm. that was a shock to me. Uh, North Dakota and the Gophers have a huge rivalry that's, you know, went on for – countless years and it'd be really nice to see those two teams match up again and that'd be fun mm-hmm. um only other game that played yesterday providence won 4-0 against quinnipiac um up today we have union versus providence robert morris versus minnesota minnesota state versus umass lowell denver plays boston college who and boston college is another team that it, that's expected to go yep uh quite a ways north dakota faces fair state and st cloud state faces notre dame um, I'm a really big college hockey guy, and these are all games that are going to be really good. So if you do get a ch- uh, chance to watch them on TV, definitely give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, was there any was there anything else as far as hockey? Um, that's that that's it discuss? for college hockey. Um, I will just say one thing: the Wild are in their annual free fall right before the playoffs. Um, happened last three, four years, so no shock there. They're going to go into the playoffs and uh, play a, a better, much better team than them and win one or two games and lose first round, um, as they always do. And hopefully you'll get fired. Yep. Yeah, I know we were talking about him being on the hot seat earlier in the year, and then they kind of got hot there for a while, and we thought, well, maybe he's off the hot seat. But Yeah, they always do get hot during the middle of the season, and then when it comes to the end, I, I don't know, they just drop a deuce on the season. Yeah. So that's really, how it goes. <laughs> it's really frustrating. It's yeah. super frustrating. Especially just with the personnel that they were able to, to acquire. Well, not only that, know. we have a great team all around, but it happens every year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something going on. This isn't a fluke that it happens every year. That's a coaching thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I understand. Uh, well, I mean, that's all I have on hockey. All right. I really want to get into that. All right. Well, um, in baseball news, there were a couple of big signings. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, who, you know, he's won the MVP twice. Um, he got signed 10 years, uh, reportedly $292 million. And, um, I mean, to me, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> He's 30 years old. Yeah, that's a that's a big win for Miguel Cabrera and a big lose for the Tigers. I think so, too. They've wrapped up a lot of capital in a 30-year-old guy who, I mean, I saw him firsthand with the Red Sox in the ALCS last year. Everybody saw him do nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. he was non-existent at the plate. He didn't really... You know, I mean, he had a he had a good regular season. He's the king of good regular seasons, but it's like the Peyton Manning of baseball. Yeah, yeah, or the A Rod. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's a very similar thing. He he disappeared at the plate in the playoffs against the Red Sox, especially in the ALCS. Um, he had some injury issues that were dogging him. They said, you know, in this postseason. So to me, this just this is a twins-like signing, just like you know, yeah. get except for the money part because they would never spend this much money never, unless it was Mauer. Unless it was Mauer, but the but the I mean, just the amount of money that they sunk into this guy, I think this could really, really be a be a bad deal long term for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that's almost thirty million a year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy town. Um, he's. The deal includes vesting options for 2024 and 2025 at 30 million dollars each. Which How many non-pitchers make it to 40? And the pitchers that do make it to 40 are, um, what's that? What's the one ball? Oh, uh, the 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 knuckleball. Yeah, the knuckleball knuckle, knuckleball pitchers are the only yeah. ones that make it past 40. Yeah. I mean, what are they? Not on the juice. Yeah. yeah. Or they, maybe they are. Who knows? Uh, they, all yeah. of them are. Yeah. Eighty percent of them are. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, what are the chances he makes it to 40? What a bad deal for the Tigers. I just, I think, I think that was really a dumb decision, and I didn't really hear that much backlash on it. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, they've signed their guy forever. And to me, I just kind of wonder if that doesn't have something to do with why they traded away Prince Fielder to the the Rangers, you know, during winter meetings. Everybody was kind of scratching their head at that. Well, it looks like this is what they planned to do with the money that they were going to be yeah. paying both of the guys. They paid one guy now. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. To me, it made absolutely no sense, especially given just the way he's played the last few years. I, yeah, I you mean, know. He's, I'm not a big baseball guy, but this is the one few players that one of the few players that I have a minimal amount of knowledge on. Yeah. Um, I mean, two MVPs. He's not a bad player, but that's no. a lot of just regular season. Um, you know, just being good in the regular season. Why? Well, I, I don't understand it at all. Well, and um, to, uh, not Terry Francona, Theo Epstein, when he when he took over the reins in Boston, um, one of his favorite sayings was, we're not going to pay for past performance. Mm. You know, he was very scrupulous with the checkbook in that way. I mean, the Red Sox paid a lot of players – they, you know, he made the terrible deal for Carl Crawford that just was set the socks back a year or two. Fortunately, yeah. they were able to unload that contract, trade him. But um, 
when you pay for past performance, like I feel like the Tigers just did, it rarely pans out. It rarely comes out to be um, that that they that they perform at that level again. You, maybe they get another year or two of him performing that way. I mean, you know, early 30s, you're still in your prime as a baseball player, but he's a home run hitter. He's a one-trick pony. It's yeah. not a, you know, I mean, they can move him to DH to, to alleviate some of the pain of playing in the field because he's in the AL. Yep. But... I, I just, to me, it was it was a pretty foolish signing. Yes, I mean three, what is two ninety two million? Two ninety two. That's got to be Ten the biggest years. deal in history. Right? It is. It beat A Rod. A Rod had the two seventy five, yeah. I believe it was. So I mean, why long contracts of more than five years are the worst things a franchise can do? Yep. You should never ever sign a guy for more than five years, and five years is even pushing it. I would say the exception, they are few. Derek Jeter yep. would probably be an exception, and a, a franchise type of player um, that that I see that I think the Red Sox could have saved a lot of pain and heartaches on would be Ortiz if they would have just done something with him four or five years ago, signed him long term, and been done with this every year. Now we talk about well, he could be a free agent if they don't re-sign him, and they sign him these one-year deals every year. That's really annoying to me as a fan. I know it's an incentive. I know what they're trying to do there to keep the numbers up. But if if you have a guy that's a that's the heart and soul of a franchise, like a Jeter, you know, I, I think that's about the only time that that makes sense to, to put me, out those even years. Then you if on one of the very few exceptions, you do it at twenty five, twenty six. You don't do it at age thirty. No, by no means. By no means. So, anyway, on the other side of that, we have Mike Trout. Uh, he is 22, and he signed a six-year, $144.5 million deal. I really like this deal. I'm, that I'm is other... smart. Yeah. <laughs> that is smart. He'll be done at 28 on that deal. So, you know, that's... That's a guy who's been making strides. He's more than just a home run hitter or an average hitter. He he does it all. He plays the outfield really well. Uh, he can steal bases. Yeah, he can hit home runs. He is arguably the best all around player on, yeah. on any team. Yeah. So so that deal makes a ton of sense. Which the Angels have been prone to make these dumb deals yep. where they like sign Pujols, Pujols yeah. at thirty two for ten years. Yep. You know. Um, so so. That one, of the decisions that have been made this offseason, that one makes the most sense to me. I mean, Mike Trout is... He, he's a really, really good player, and he's 22 years old. And it was smart on another level in that they had done arbitration with him. They paid him a little bit of money, and they were getting a lot of heat from the media, especially on that, that they were kind of robbing the kid. Well, the thing is, they were playing by the rules. Yep. The rules say you don't have to pay him more than this. Unless you're an idiot running a franchise, you're not going to pay somebody more than what the rules say you have to pay them. Yep. But at the same time, they know, you know, when this year's over, negotiating a deal with him when we paid him peanuts all year this year is going to be a lot tougher than if we negotiate a deal with him now, pay him this year and a few more years. At 22, I don't really think they're out anything. No, not at all. I mean, six years, even that's a little high for, for my blood, but... yep. I mean, a guy is 22 years old and arguably the best player in the MLB. Yep. 
This this makes a lot of sense to me. And at 140, I think the Angels win this one. Yeah, I think so too. I think they got a pretty good deal. Yeah. Which is weird to say because that's a lot of money. But uh, at the same time, I, I think it's a pretty good deal. Um, I don't really have any other baseball. I did have a couple NFL stories. Do you have any baseball? No baseball. All right. Um, the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, released Deshaun Jackson. Um, character issues. Uh, what do you think? Is he going to come to Minnesota? There's no way he goes to Minnesota. Um, just be, we, I mean, we don't have a spot for him. Not, okay. I'm not saying that you know he isn't good enough for the team. There's just, there's just no spot for him. Well, I mean, he kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin a little bit. I mean, he's small, Slightly. little kick returner type guy. But I know you have Cordero Patterson, but um, we, yeah, Cordero. Yeah, you're killing yeah, me. Yeah, quarter. Um, Percy Harvin to me is a much better all-around player than Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, Percy doesn't have many of those uh, just sprint for the end zone uh, all streak plays that he has, but I mean he's a he's a really good kick returner for one, and a very good uh, catching uh, wide receiver screen passes. Um, also can play in the backfield. You don't see Deshaun Jackson doing a lot of those. No. And Deshaun Jackson's an idiot. I mean, he's he's made so many boneheaded plays. Uh, the most re- the the one that comes to mind quickest is the one where he dropped the ball before he crossed the end zone yep. line. That was I think that was his first ever possible touchdown. Yeah. Am I right on that? Probably. I, I think it was his first year playing. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's just a bonehead. I I've I mean, I respect what he can do because his speed can kill you. I yeah. mean, he is the poster boy for speed kills. Yep. I mean, he's, and he he's a really really good player. Don't yep. I mean, don't yep. get us wrong on this, but there's no place for him on the Vikings. No, and the the talk is that there's you know gang potential gang ties with stuff. We don't know. We're not going to speculate on that yet. We'll yeah, let, who knows? We'll, we'll let that boil up, and if if something comes out of it, and they actually can get some facts to it, then we'll discuss that. But for now, we're just going to leave that alone. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that that's speculation at this point. Yep, he's been released. That's all we know. Yep. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask you was thoughts on Manziel. He had his pro day, and I know everything gets analyzed by him. He threw 64 passes. Two of them hit the ground. Manziel's pro day... Has turned me on to him a little bit. Yeah, man, I thought so. I thought so. I have in my notes right here, still hate Mansell, 64 passes to hit the ground. Yeah. I just, I had to get your take on that. Yep, um, I'm okay with the Vikings getting him at this point. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. The thing, I know he was just, you know, playing against the air, but, you know, he was making these throws, and it seemed like every single one of them was hitting the numbers couple of the throws, the wide receiver had to slow down a little bit, but at the most part, or for the most part, he was hitting these guys in stride. And the thing that, or the two things that um, I thought were the biggest of his pro day is his footwork, excellent footwork, and um, his his throw strength, or his, uh, yeah. his passing his strength. Yeah, his arm strength. Yeah. I mean... There were a couple of times when the announcers had to say, like, keep in mind, guys, that's a 45-yard throw because the ball was only in the air for, like, a 25-, 30-yard throw. Like, his arm strength was incredible. He's, yeah, he's something else. I don't, I don't know. And he played he I played mean, with uh, with shoulder pads and a helmet. Nobody uh, does he, that on yeah, pro day. Exactly, yeah. so. Um, they were they were talking about something else that has me a lot more optimistic about him than I was last week. Cause I was kind of with you that, yeah. you know, 
I, I don't know that it's in the Vikings' best interest. I don't know why I care. But I don't know that it's in their best interest to take him because I think there might – I'm more of a character issues guy, as is painfully obvious. I talk about it all the time. But this guy, um, you know, I think he's got somebody smart working with him as far as an agent because he goes and he talks to all the scouts before the pro day, welcomed them there. George H.W. Bush was there, which I thought was really cool. Interesting. Um, and – it was interesting that the media covered that because he's a Republican. But um, they, he, I mean, he got some good throws in. He had a great pro day. He said all the right things after the pro day to the ESPN reporters. I mean, he came across as a polished product, and I thought that was just as important as the two passes that hit the ground. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of the thing that everybody's nervous about is the the wild factor. Yeah, exactly. You know, character issues. Yeah. If you can even call him that. I mean, I don't think his character issues. He's 19 issues and would, he won the Heisman. Yeah. You I, know? I mean, the character issues weren't big at all. It was him, you know, thinking he deserves to get paid, which, you know, he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of that, Northwestern, did you see the, the Northwestern um, no, football team? Mm-hmm. They were granted the okay by the NCAA to unionize. Really? Or not by the NCAA, but some somebody. They went to somebody, and they got the okay to unionize, and then either Northwestern football or the NCAA was fighting it. Because, I mean, once the players unionize, that's that could potentially be the death of college football. I mean, well, I mean, it's it, it would be neat because you could buy jerseys with the names on the back of them, and you could buy video games where the names would already be in there. I mean, it would unlock the rights to all the player names. But and the players would get paid a little. They bit. would get paid. Yeah, yeah it's no and, longer slavery. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that that uh, appeals to the NCAA and the stuff shirts that are going to be in the meetings talking about yeah. this. I, I just any time you try to squeeze a little money out of out of that, yeah, that's to, yeah, that's going to be tough. Yep. That's going to be a tough tough sell. But it, well deserved for all of the. Uh, you know, all of the college players, in my I, opinion. Yeah, I, you know, it's pretty clear at, like, the big conference schools, these guys aren't going to school for school. You know, they're going to school to play in the NFL. Yep. So so the the argument of, well, they get a free education, I'm kind of tired of that argument from the big schools. From the smaller schools, I get it. Mm-hmm. I went to a small school where a lot of the guys that were on the football team, they wouldn't be in college if they weren't on the football yeah. team. So I like that part of it, you know. But for the big schools where this is really actually going to impact, you know, I mean, the smaller schools, they're going to stay small as a result of this probably. Yep. But um, but it, I thought that was an interesting story. The other greed story I wanted to talk about was, and I wasn't calling the players greedy. I was just saying, you know, we were talking about the NCAA and how it's going to be tough to get them to part with their money. Um, the NFL, uh, Mark Cuban making those comments about, you know, pigs turn into hogs, you know, and once you turn into a hog, you're ripe for the slaughter or whatever. He was talking about the NFL trying to get, you know, into more nights a week, you know, on Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, you know, and he was just saying that, you know, there's saturation. There's a saturation effect. One thing he said that I didn't agree with was he thought fantasy football was hurting the league, and I I don't no, feel that, that way at all. I, I think it only helps the yeah. league. But but I do kind of got to say, man, I mean, I love the NFL. It's where my most of my knowledge is in sports. I mean, but 
it does kind of get overwhelming sometimes they're hearing doing, about it all the time. They're doing the – if they plan on increasing the, amounts of, the amount of nights they play, they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And, I mean, the NFL is trying hard to get them to 18 games a season rather than 16. Yep. And, again, that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I agree. I just – I don't – I don't like the thought of another night of NFL games. I mean, the, the Thursday night games are rarely good games. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not staying up on a weeknight to it's watch all, those. Yeah, it's all Jacksonville versus Cleveland. Yeah, for the most so, part. So I mean, you're you're not going to tell me that the Patriots are going to play the Colts on a Friday night. Yeah. So, yeah. so the only the only thing that is appealing to me out of this is it sucks a little revenue out of like the NFL Sunday ticket. Mm-hmm. type thing because that's another network that I could potentially watch the game because sometimes the Packers do play a team that's no good yeah. and they would play them on a Friday night then it would be televised you know whereas if they play the same time as the Vikings sometimes if they don't even play the same time as the Vikings it's not on TV here mm-hmm. so so that is the part as a fan of a team that's out of market which I think is a bogus excuse but because I mean they're a hundred miles away, but um, as an out-of-market team fan, the opportunity to maybe see them a few more times if they're playing in these games. But really, I, I don't know how many games the Packers are going to draw on a on a Friday night. I mean, I know it's a big sell. I know they Probably like to get them on Monday night, yeah. you know. But yep. I, I just don't know how much this is really going to help me see the Packers anymore. And really, that's all I care about watching. Yep. Um, the other thing we got to mention it, Jared Allen going to the Bears. Um, really, it, and I say this as a Packers fan, I watched the coverage up here. I mean, Vikings fans were happy for him. Like it's, you know, it no, was we, we it's one of those things that you know he was just really well liked here, and he's he's going there, and it seems like I've never seen, you know, fans so okay with a big time player for him going to a rival, but. At the same time, he's not in the prime of his career. No, he's not. I mean, he did everything he could for the Vikings. I mean, why hold a grudge against him for wanting to leave and go to a contender? Um, I don't know if the Bears are a contender. And, I mean, the Bears signing doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the Bears really need run stoppers. That was their biggest downfall last year on defense. And Jared Allen is not that. He's not that guy. Yeah, um, he's a guy that's you know going to get to the quarterback more often than not, but doesn't stop a lot of runs, which was the Bears' downfall, like I said. Yeah. So that signing doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I mean, we all, as Vikings fans, hope Jared Allen the best or wish him the best. Yeah, um, I was watching. Uh, I, I was looking at Pro Football Talk before we started the show, and they were talking about it, this is. This is it for Packers news for me this week. They were talking about um, Mike McCarthy calling it halftime on his career at eight years. So he thinks he's going to coach another eight years, which is really depressing to me. And they're talking about using Julius Peppers as a linebacker, which was really interesting to me just given his age to learn a new position even though the Packers do kind of play the linebacker like a glorified defensive end yeah. on the pass rush. Yeah, they definitely it, do. It still was just kind of a head-scratcher to me. Why Why would you get this guy off of his hand 
when he's been on his hand for however many years he's been playing in the NFL. I have no idea. It's it's just really mind-boggling to me. That I mean, they went out and spent this money on this guy. Maybe that's how they got him to come to Green Bay, was they told him, you're not going to be down in a three-point anymore. We're going to... We're going to set you up opposite Clay Matthews and have you rush that way. You know, I mean, the guy that they got, Nick Perry, he's been kind of dinged up. I yep. think maybe they'll put him in a three-point stance and and try to use this guy as an outside linebacker. I I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. I don't – I mean, because an outside linebacker, it's not, it's not all about rushing quarterback. It's a lot of, you know, playing the pass, too. Got to drop back, yeah. So, and what would he have, zero experience at that? Yeah. That's, I think he that's did, pretty hard to fathom. I think he did have a pick or two as a defensive end. You know, just those, like, batted yeah, balls. Yeah, but that's not dropping balls. back into coverage. No, no, it's not. It's not playing on, on a tight end. You know, and, and there are some good tight ends just in the division, but, you know, around the NFL there's good tight ends. Yeah. So. You know, yeah, I mean, tight ends are getting better and better. They're they're playing more like wide receivers yeah. every day. So, so that that news is a little shocking to me, and it'd be more shocking if they followed through with it. Yeah, yeah, I I think that would hurt I, the Packers I, more than help. I think that I think that might just be training camp talk. I, Probably. I, I really don't know because there's been they've they've always had wild speculation on where they're going to move players and and how they're going to use players and. I mean, they they talked a lot about using Randall Cobb out of the backfield last year, and and I kind of thought he'd be a sneaky rushing touchdown guy in fantasy. And I mean, he granted he was on the shelf for yeah, quite a few weeks, but Most he of the season. he really he really didn't turn out to be much out of the backfield as a threat. And that's what they were talking about a lot going into the season. So, but I mean, they also had. Lacey come on strong there, you know, when yeah, he, he when he was healthy. Yeah, so I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see what they what they wind up doing with that new piece. But um, the the McCarthy calling it halftime on his career at eight years is something that has me rolling my eyes. Yeah, a it's lot a bummer more. for you guys because yeah. <laughs> McCarthy is easily in the top five worst coaches in the NFL. Yeah, well, I think so. I don't know. I don't know that I'd go there. I mean, I think... He's pretty bad, dude. I, I think he's bad. I think he's bad, but, I mean, you know, he does have a ring, I mean... But who knows how many rings they'd have if they had... Well, that's know, that's what I coach. mean. If they had Bill Cowher or somebody yeah. like that that could, you know, motivate and, and scare him. But, you know, the thing is, I, I just... I really don't think that kind of coaching works anymore in the NFL. Like, Chimura used to be on um, the the radio station out at Green Bay, and he was on there talking, like, when Holmgren coached the Packers, like, guys were actually legitimately scared of losing their job. And he said he just doesn't feel like that's a worry in today's NFL. Like, they're not worried about getting cut. Like, they're just like, well, you know, whatever. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. You know, and that's... That's a really bad attitude to have. That's not... Yeah, that's not the mindset of fans. So... Yeah, not at all. It's... It's a frustrating. It's a frustrating turn of events, and I, I when we talk about stuff like this, I can kind of see where Mark Cuban's coming from with the hoggish thing, because it, it makes you just kind of wonder how how much longer before fans kind of start to see the light on some of this stuff. Yeah. That it's that it's more entertainment than it is sport. Oh, definitely. You know, and I mean that's what the NFL is turning into. Yeah, soap operas and storylines. Yep. So, 
Yeah, um, I did have a little bit of a rant. Uh, did you have any Vikings I have, news? No, I don't have any Vikings news, but I just saw something come up on uh, ESPN. Uh, Ray Rice married the his fiance that he struck in February. Oh, and dragged out of the elevator? Yeah, yeah he kicked out of the elevator. Yeah, really. should should be a happy marriage. Yeah. Ike and Tina Turner style. So. You know, and um, I mean, I heard earlier in the week, I think it was this week, that, you know, Ravens coaches and ownership are really behind him and I don't know how they could be I mean this isn't speculation like this was caught on on videotape yeah him kicking his fiance's legs out of the elevator so the elevator would close yeah it's I mean, really this is not slimy a good guy this is not, not a good person not good at all not not good and he's not that great of a player anymore I mean his, his stats have dropped dramatically too so yeah, I don't know why he's been a fantasy bust the last two years I feel like no, so I don't know why that ownership would be behind him on you know just such a terrible thing violence against women is is bad yeah and yeah. so this it's shocking to me and it's shocking that his wife I mean obviously she you know is in it for more than just the love if you will yeah yeah it, it so. sure seems that way I don't know. I guess we can move on to that rant. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, that, it kind of makes me sick to my stomach when it's some, sad. somebody doesn't think they can do better than that. You know, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're, I, you know, I, I feel like a, a normal, sane person would, would say, man, I got dragged out of an elevator. Yeah, maybe I, this isn't for me. Maybe I can have a better life, you yeah. know. Uh, maybe there's more to life than this, but, you know, unfortunately for some, there really it's isn't. It's not the case, yeah. So. Um, the the rant that I wanted to get on, this is something that just kind of drives me nuts. I don't know if you've been in a similar situation, but... Probably. Um, well, let's hear it. I'm pretty conservative, so that that's spreads into the billfold. So when I go to a store that has a price match policy... Oh, the and Amazon I, thing. And I can't get it matched, man, it... It kind of drives me nuts. Like, so so here's the situation. Big box retailer wanted to buy something that was on Amazon for less. They match Amazon's price, but it was big box, nice. But it was sold by, but it was sold by a, a third party on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But it's shipped and fulfilled by Amazon. So if I have a problem with the product, if it gets sent to me, I'm not calling the third party. I'm calling Amazon yeah. to take care of it. Yep. If I have a problem with it and I have to send it back, I'm not sending it to the third party. I'm sending it to Amazon to take care of. Yep. Amazon shows up on my bill, not the third party. But because there's a third party, the big box retailer is able to kind of weasel out of doing the price yes, match. They are. And it's, I mean, to me, it's... It's a $25 difference. It's not chump change. You know, like I, you know, I, I guess you could say, well, just pony up and pay the 25 bucks. I guess. But to me, if you say you're going to match it, then match it. I, I just think it's kind of a gutless thing to say, well, it's a third party sign. I could see if it said, you know, Bob Smith is selling this, you know, and it's it's like an eBay situation yeah. at that point. I could be Bob Smith, you know, and mm-hmm. list something on there for $5 and then, you know, go in and, and try to get a, to get a price, price match. match. Yeah. I totally get that. But when Amazon puts their name on it, and the third party is a company, it's not a... Yeah, it's an actual know, retailer. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just, I really, 
I really don't understand that. What are your thoughts on that? Am I, I way out of line? No, I, I agree with you, but at least when I went into this company, this big box, yeah. they they uh, let me know that that was the case before I went and made any purchases. Yeah, yeah. So at least they had the decency to do that. Um, I mean, I kind of ran into a similar situation when I bought my TV from there. Yeah. Um, and I found out that they weren't going to price match what I found on Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I was upset, but, I mean, I, I you know, I, I kind of expect this kind of thing from big companies like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a frustrating turn of events. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what happens is I turn around, I'll buy it on Amazon, I'll I'll give them the money, and yep. and the money doesn't go to Best Buy, and that's how capitalism works. Big box, you mean? But or big box, yeah. Um, but I at this point, it's just it's one of those things that kind of gets frustrating. But I did want to also plug a new idea, and I haven't even pitched this to Jayhawk yet, but I'm thinking he'll be on board. We'll see. Um, I was thinking we open it up to the to the listeners on this rant session. And we ask them to send us something that drives them nuts, hashtag it rant, on our Twitter feed, yeah. and we'll mention it during the show. Yeah, and I mean, we can piggyback or, onto those too. Or email us, you know, but we, oh, we kind of like to expand this segment a little bit. But, you know, there's only so much that can make us mad, but we have plenty of rage. So we'd love to hear what drives you guys nuts so we can, so we can share. No, it's I'm, good. It's I'm good so to get it out. You. And uh, I have a little rant of my own that I just thought of. So my dog was, he was pretty sick uh, about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Like sick to the point where he would lay on his bed all day. And it was pretty devastating. But, I mean, we brought him into uh, the... Big the, box vet? <laughs> yeah. The, the pet hospital that we've been talking about before. Which is you a know, nightmare to deal with. Yeah, a yep. nightmare to deal with. They tried to convince us to bring him to, you know, an overnight emergency room and drop a thousand dollars when I mean everybody and their mother knew he it was just a flu thing, you know what I mean? Yep. They tried to get us in there right away to, you know, do an ER thing or leave him there overnight, and that would have cost a thousand dollars. And it's it's they're thieves, man. They're thieves. I I think so. I mean, and they're to me some of the most despicable thieves because they play on your emotions no, t- with definitely. the dog. Yep. I mean, obviously you're tied to this animal. As as much as you don't want to say it, they are a financial obligation that you've already sunk some money into. Yeah. But the thing with dogs that are greater they're they're a greater predator on your emotions more so on pets rather than humans as a human can say it's not that bad you know what i mean i, yeah. I can i can go home i can play coach yeah i yep. you know i'll go home i'll wait it out yep and a dog they can't do that all they do is lay down and you know look like look death. like they're going to die yeah yeah so yep. they play With the on sad their, eyes yep and they play on their emotions way more than any doctor could yep yep and that's their it's, it's, it's despicable. Yeah, 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 absolutely, it is. Mm-hmm. So, no, they um, they're they're pretty bad to deal with. But I wanted to share this with you. So I took, so we have two dogs. Jen and I have two dogs, yep. and the Puggle is going to be four in June, and the Golden Retriever turned a year here in March, and so the the Golden Retriever Beckett, he's still on the plan. Um, but the Puggle, Jagger, he's off the plan, yep. and he had something with his ears. 
So we had oh, to that take. That probably cost you a fortune. So we had to take him to. We took him to a private vet, and we we tried going I, down the street here to see. I gotta see start what, doing that. See what happened. Here's what happened. Um, just to have the delicate genius, to quote George Costanza, of the vet come in, that's fifty bucks, right there, right off the top. Fifty bucks just to have him walk in the door. It's forty at the other. At yeah, the other place. It's 40 at the big box. But the difference is, when he came in, we discussed the options, what it could possibly be. There were no tests suggested. Uh, they did swab his ear to see what was going on in there. Which is reasonable. The swab, I think, was like 20 bucks, And then the dope to put in his ears was like 30 bucks. And they said, if we need more, we can just call so, uh, You walked out of there. $100 bill. Yeah. $100 bill. Okay. But, but the difference is with these guys, we were talking about shots and things like that because we brought in his vaccination records. Yep. And they said, well, you know, there's certain shots that the vet doesn't need to be here to administer. Just a, a regular tech can do that. Yep. So then we get out of that vet bill of $50 for him to appear to, to give him the shot. Yeah. So, whereas I feel like at the big box, you'd, You'd pay that fee no matter what. You know if, what I mean? If you're not on if, that plan. If yeah. you're not on the plan. So so to me, there are ways to get around it. And this guy just seems a lot more willing to go with conventional solutions versus Grey's Anatomy solutions to right. everything. Like, we, we don't have to, we don't have to, you know, open up for surgery and go to the ER and, you know, we don't have to Every do all time of these you're things. There, yeah, yeah. The dog's not going to be, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not an episode of ER every time. Exactly. So so to me, that's kind of worth it. I mean, we're talking this plan. I mean, you're probably talking 25 bucks a month. Yep. um, Yeah, it's it's around that. Over the course of a year, you know, that winds up being 300 bucks. If I don't have to take him to the vet more than three times, I should come out ahead, theoretically. But it's for those times where it's a $1,000 fix. That's when they get you over the barrel. Hey, if you sign up for this plan, it'll only be $25. And then you're like, oh, okay, okay. Yep. That sounds good. And then they stick you later. Oh, definitely. So, it's the worst. Yeah, it is the worst. But anyway, yeah, good rant. Good rant. I, I feel like I had a lot more venom in the in the trigger there. but Oh, it's it, it, build, it builds up. You know what yeah. I mean? They just continue to shaft you every time you go in there. And when you got a young dog like both of us do, you're in there. Relatively frequently. Yeah, well, they get shots like every other week. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a mess. Just bend you over every time. Yep. Just like the dog. You yeah. feel like you're up on the table. Getting exactly. A, getting a temperature check. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> they're, they're reaching for the wallet. So. Yep, exactly. All right, that's on all that I note, <laughs> you right. want to send us all? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Michael Allen, this is Jared Hawk saying thanks for listening. This is Half the Battle. The other half is you folks sending us your takes on our Twitter feed at Half the Battle PC. Or sending us an email at halfthebattlepodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, please feel free to like our Facebook page. Uh, we can't thank you enough for listening.